This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Boom, we're on. And this week's episode is brought to you by Platinum Wave Campers, the UK's leading stockist of luxury Volkswagen camper vans. With locations up and down the country, Platinum Wave Campers are on hand to bring your vision to life. So whether you are looking to start working on a custom-built project or find your dream Volkswagen Transporter, this is a place to look. Ever dreamed of owning your own Volkswagen camper van? Well, now's your chance as you can save £500 by using the code JAMES500. All you have to do is speak to one of the friendly sales team and say that James English sent you there. Now, let's get into the episode. Boom, we're on. Today's guest, we've got Gervin Singh. You right, bro? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Good, good. First and foremost, thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Mr. Govs, there was a four-part documentary about you. <laughs> Scam City. That's what they called it. Uh, BBC, quite a big documentary. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you scammed over a thousand people, millions and millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. You're here today eventually put your side of the story across. That's it. Everyone needs to hear. There's two sides to every story and I guess people need to know my side. But first and foremost, I always go back to the start with my guests. Where you grew up and how it mm-hmm. all began. Um, yeah, perfect. I'd be happy to start with that. So I'll start from when I was roughly at the age of 10. Um, my mum and dad split up. Um, moved to London with my single mum and my little brother. Um that's where it all started. Um, didn't have no money to our name. And we kind of started like a new life, I'd say. Um, yeah, quite a dramatic, like literally we was like homeless, I'd say. Went under council housing, everything. And that's where it all started from the age of 10, my journey, I'd say. How did that affect you at school? Um, I was quite a timid boy, I'd say. Um, bullied throughout my school life. Um, people taking the mick out of, like, because I used to live uh, near a flat, near the school, like, literally, people would see me walking into it, take the mick, take the piss. Um, but, yeah, did obviously affect me, but that's when I kind of knew I needed to do something. 
and I put all my energy at that point into my education to make my mum proud at that point. Was that to try and get her out of the ghetto? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. When you were homeless and stuff, like, did, were you ever starving for food? Or were you ever... Um, no, mum always did her best to make sure that she could provide for us, of course. Um, she, like, even, like, such an inspirational woman. I literally look up to her. Um, she even herself knew she needed to do something. She went back to university and did a degree. Um, years later now, she's so successful. But, yeah, she went back to university at that point and she knew she had to do something. And... I, at the age of 16, started getting jobs, started working. Um, my first job was at Next, actually. Where was that? <laughs> tiring, tiring, literally. You'd see people putting clothes on the floor and you're just having to pick it up all the time. Um, it was actually Next in Ilford. Um, yeah, I was there for like a year plus. Um, during summer holidays, school holidays, always there. Um, didn't really have much of a social life because of that, I guess. But yeah, that was my first job and I had many more after that. What was it like getting your first paycheck? Well, I didn't know. I was actually, because I hadn't really seen that much money at that like age, if that makes sense. So for me, it was like, wow, okay, cool. Now what do I do with all of this? Um, and yeah, I started saving, I say. I started saving. Mum never took money off us. Um, that's just the type of woman she is. But yeah, started saving. It wasn't much, maybe like 50, 60 quid saving every week, helping me get through. Um, well, if I'm at the age of 16, then it would have been sixth form and GCSE years. Is that where you, were you ever scared to spend in case you never had it again? Where you could have apparently been lonely, homeless again, hungry? Um, I guess so. Is that but still in the back of your mind? It was slightly in the back of my mind. But obviously I say we moved to London when I was like 11-ish. Um, by the time I was 16, mum was more stable. Um, so throughout that period, she'd got herself a job, etc. She was at, doing a job and at university at the same point. Um, moved into a better a flat apartment um and yeah i guess i was just working working doing really good in my gcses came out with four a stars and four a's and a b and a c so yeah what about dad ever communicate again or was um, it just at that point we weren't really talking um if we go later down the line i'll obviously bring that in but yeah um at that point not really much communication i'd say because in the documentary it says you want to become a doctor mm -hmm. or study medicine yeah was that is that true or is that what you wanted to do yeah that so that was what life? i wanted to do from young um literally i used to just always read like books on heart surgery and stuff i was so intrigued with heart surgery at that point um and that's why i've put so much effort into my education because you can't just go into medicine i guess without putting that much effort in so that was where i thought okay i need to put my effort in and make sure that this happens for me and yeah i guess i smashed my gcse years out and got myself where I was um went on to A levels and had a little bit of a fall back ended up coming out with B's how come um I don't know actually I did put all my energy and stuff in but yeah ended up coming out with B's um there was just a lot going on in my that part of my life um at that point my mum and dad had started speaking again I was speaking to my dad again so there was just a lot going on I'd say um came out with B's um so I had to take a different route to get into medicine. Um, and that was doing biomedical science first and then doing medicine after. And that's when I went on to Plymouth University um, for biomedical science. I must have been, I'd say, yeah, 18 at that point. So, yeah, oh, very young. Very young, um, very young. I've gone on to university and 
was in a mess, couldn't afford anything. Um, it was bad. Like, my mum was more stable in her job and stuff at that point. She was able to send me 20, 30 pounds a week to do my weekly Tesco shop, as I used to call it. Um, nights out would probably consist of getting drunk at pre-drinks, so I didn't have to buy drinks when I was on a night out. Um, but yeah, it was tough, I'd say. Is that, did that bring back old memories as a kid when you're trying to go through university and you're I'd say so. again? I'd say so, definitely. Um, so before that time, I'd obviously worked quite a bit. I did have savings, but those savings just vanished on like deposits for uni accommodation and stuff like that. So I ended up like before that, I was doing night shifts as well um, at a sandwich delivery place, helping like in a fridge, freezing fridge, um, helping put stuff into the vans and stuff like that. So I was doing that. I'd saved up a decent amount, a couple of grand, I'd say. But yeah, starting university, that just disappeared onto deposits, paying for accommodation, this, that. Even the student loans that they give you, they don't really help that much. And I was getting the maximum amount because obviously single mother back, background and stuff like that, but that wasn't really much use either. Did you stack out that? Uh, yeah, of course I did. Uh, your degree? Yeah, of course I did. Um, so first year uni, it's where my story actually starts. Um, I'm at Plymouth University, I'd say, and yeah, needed to make money. I just received, I think it was either £500 or £1,000, like a little grant scholarship, like bursary thing. I don't know what they call it. Um, but Plymouth University gave that to me because of the low income household and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, I had two options. I could either go spend that or I thought, okay, how can I make this work for me? Like I've got this here, this is my resource. And that's when I bought my first online course. I bought my first online course. I've even shared this on my social media to people um, whilst towards the end of first year uni, I'd say. Um, cost me 500 pounds. It was actually a Forex course at that time. Uh, where, and that's where I started learning about the foreign exchange markets and trying to make money through that. Um, first year of uni finished, went on to second year of uni. Um, actually graduated uni in the end, got a 2-1 in biomedical science. Um, got onto a programme at St George's University to become a physician. Um, but yeah, business just doing too well for me to kind of focus on that at the moment. So kind of left that on the side for now. Um, but yeah, going back then, obviously, whilst I was in second year uni, um, I guess I'd say wasn't making a substantial amount of money. I was doing a bit of Forex on the side, um, a bit of affiliate marketing, got in touch with the guys who were, um, I bought my first online course from, started selling online courses through them through affiliate marketing, that's called, um, started growing my own social media started learning quite a bit about the whole marketing world I'd say um it was going decent making a couple hundred quid a week it's not bad better than where I was before um and that I'd say is where the Infinox story had started from so Forex is that currencies exchanging yeah exchanging currencies and trying to make money through that I'd say put money on the dollar the there you go the pound yeah, swap yeah, them yeah, around yeah. etc and you was you then seen a way of making money yeah was that because it was was it easier or because you already had a degree so you already had a, a good job steady job stable job something that your mum would have been proud of mm -hmm. your son then you went down another route you've learned a course and what was the the turn on for you to then go i'm going to give this everything <sighs> so it, i i wouldn't say i was on the mindset of i'm going to give this everything it was still this i'm doing on the side to get me through university 
Um, so I started this on second year university, still obviously needed money at this point. So it was, let me do this on the side to get me through to university. And then that will get me through these three years, plus the years of the medicine degree and be able to support myself. So that's what the more aim was, if that makes sense. So 20 years of age, you're just not, were you standing with the Maseratis then, the gold one? Um, then? I'd say that probably came, yeah, mid-20s, mid-20s that came. So that came after, uh, I'd say about eight, nine months of starting the whole 4X stuff. Got into dropshipping as well at that point. Um, started affiliate marketing. Most of the money was actually coming through affiliate marketing at that point. Um, I bought my first car. I couldn't afford driving lessons until the age of 19, actually. Um, so started driving lessons at 19, did a crash course, passed, and using the money that I'd made online, I bought my first car. Most happiest I've ever been buying a car. Um, an Audi A1 13 plate. I think I picked it up for about four grand. Um, I bought the car the day I passed. And then I thought, oh, I've used all the money I've got. How do I get the car insurance? And I completely forgot that I had a separate savings account that I'd been saving in for a Corsa as my first car. And there was like eight, 900 quid in there and that covered the car insurance luckily. But yeah, that was the first car that I had a few months later. I think we're talking December at this point um, when I bought myself an Audi A5. And yeah, spectacular, loved that car. Blacked out the windows, white car, loved it. Um, and I guess, yeah, it just kept going up and up from there. But yeah, eventually the Maserati did come. So then you've got, because in the papers as well, it says from 200 pounds, 100 grand. How true is that? Um, true. Was that just paper talk? Um, true. I did um, accumulate up to 100K at that point, um, but multiple incomes, I'd say. Affiliate marketing, drop shipping, bit of foreign exchange. So it was obviously multiple incomes that had helped me get to that point at that point. But yeah, I'd say it was true. I had accumulated that much money. How much of it I had spent at that point, I don't know, but mm. yeah. See when you're doing that, like, is it just a gamble or, or is there keys to then knowing what's going to go up and knowing what's um, A lot of it's about analyzing the news, I'd say. Um, news that has a big impact on it. If you ask me back then, I'd say it's very skill-based. If you ask me now, I'd say gambling. Like wars and stuff so say the war in ukraine at the beginning Russia. what i was learning yeah so they that have influences yeah it would yeah um, you look at um elon musk so elon musk will put a, a, a tweet out mm -hmm. about crypto and crypto booms up billions it does like, is that all in-house then who knows what else the jink he gets paid to them but, but why does he make it pay? Because he's one of the richest man on the planet, if not the richest. You do have a point. I've never thought of it like that, you know. Mm -hmm. You do have a point, though. He, I mean, maybe he has a bit of investments in there himself. Yeah. He knows that move would make that go up. Mm -hmm. Would never know what he's investing in, though. The guy's got so much bloody money. Yeah. <laughs> What's the mess you've made on one? So back when I was doing foreign exchange, it wasn't much, maybe a couple grand. Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't much at all. Um, obviously I didn't have much money to play with at that point. Um, but yeah, I'd say a couple grand, I'd say. Did you, at the start, did you ever lose? Yeah, you lose all the time. And that's where I've now, and I feel like I did have that. You'd lose, okay, I'm going to put double amount in to get that back type of things. And that's where the whole gambling part of it kind of has its similarities and similar traits. Like, yeah. I learned a lot from the forex courses that I had initially bought and stuff. They were helpful. You learn a lot about reading graphs and seeing where stuff's going, but they're never going to be a hundred percent 
You get what I'm trying to say. You're mm. never if you were going to be 100, percent then yeah, you would have just gone clear. Like you'd always know what's happening to the markets, but it's always still a risk if that makes sense. Yeah, everything's a risk. You look at life is crypto. You look at NFTs that I don't know too much about, and people keep trying to feed me the information on them. I genuinely don't know. For me, it's I used yeah, to be I'm a just gambler. Starting to get into yeah. NFTs myself now. I used to be a gambler in the past. So for me, <coughs> it looks like a gamble because there's there's never a sure thing. Yeah, of there's course. never a sure thing, but it just seems to be the thing that. Listen, I've made plenty more time millionaires for me. It's just I'm trying to <laughs> limit risks. Yeah, life. now makes sense. Makes sense. Not you don't want to risk yeah. something and then it all goes the other way. Like, of course not. Of course not. So at the ages of twenty, you're in all the newspapers. You're standing with Maseratis. You're two hundred pounds, a hundred grand. Yeah. Your, your social media's going through the roof. You then become an influencer in your early twenties. Yeah. Saying this is where you can make money. This and that. Like, of course. How legit is it? But. You yeah, know, yeah, trying to help people because I've read stories. Somebody put nine grand and yeah, got yeah. up to thirty grand. That people so are making where, money. So yeah, where is the fine line for being a scammer or being an entrepreneur? Okay, okay. so no, hundred percent. That's a good question. So publicity was going crazy at this point, and this was just me doing my own thing. Okay, nothing to do with this brokerage firm, etc. And I got um a message, I think it was through social media, um, by some guy, his name, I'll give his name even, like I'm at that point where I'll give names. Um, his name was Mirko Naterno. Um, I don't know if I pronounced his last name right, but yeah, his name's Mirko. And he claimed to be working for a Forex brokerage called Infinox. Now you guys can Google Infinox, they're still running, they're in central London. Um, and he's messaged me and he said, oh, we've got something that can like make you a decent amount of money, etc. Why don't you come over to our office and meet us? All right, cool, no harm in doing that. I've Googled the company. I've seen that they are FCA regulated. So they've told me to come to that office on, I think it's Birkin, Birchin something, um, in central London, I've Googled that address. That address matches with Infinox, which is on the FCA register for being FCA regulated at this point. Some things FCA regulated, everyone knows you trust it, okay? In like literally the government is saying you can trust these guys. So I've gone to their office, I've walked in, um, we even have videos like that I've taken snaps of the day that I first went there to show that I've actually been there. Um, and a ton of employees, massive like sign with Infinox on it. Um, like, yeah, hun like, I wouldn't say hundreds, but a ton of like computers and people on them, etc. And they took me into a little private office on the side room. And that's where I met someone called Tristan, Tristan Jones. Um, and he was the guy that I was liaising with throughout most of this, I'd say. Okay, so Merco's brought me in and I then later found out Merco didn't actually work for Infinox. Merco was an introducer, so he got a commission off of bringing me in, if that makes sense. Um, Tristan, um, he, however, worked for Infinox. He had a job at Infinox. He was employed by Infinox. Um, and he's told me they've got a trading thing that they're doing um, and it's making people good money. And they told me I can get a commission as an affiliate marketer if I'm bringing customers to them. Nothing seems wrong with that. I go, okay, cool. I thought, let me start with a few people, see how it goes. And I brought a few people to them and they signed them up. Um, these people knew exactly who was trading. Like I've read a lot of newspaper articles, which I don't get where they've said I was handling trades and stuff. These guys have signed paperwork 
limited power of attorney is called. They signed paperwork. Every client signed a paperwork that said they knew Infinox and whatever other parties were involved in the trading and they were managing their accounts. They were managing their money. Nothing to do with me. I've just bought them in. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, bought a few people in. They made good money. They made good money. And then started getting family and friends in. So if I thought there's anything wrong with this, I wouldn't have literally, my mom's best friend, she literally invested herself. An old school teacher of mine's, literally my old form tutor, he's gone and invested. I think I had my driving instructor at that point. I had a few people that I knew, uh, family, friends, all investing at this point, And they're making good, healthy returns. Um, people are putting in money, as you've seen on social, uh, on newspapers and stuff, and they're making returns. And that's when I thought, okay, this isn't bad. Um, let me promote this hard then. Like, I'm changing lives. I'm loving it. I'm, what, at this age, 20, I think. And I'm thinking, okay. Like, I'm feeling like, yeah, okay, I'm actually helping people. So I've gone and gone crazy on the marketing end of this um, on social media. And I bought in clients for them a lot. Not a lot, but a decent amount, I'd say. Um, and they all made decent money to start with. Then I started having problems with Infinox. They weren't keeping to their deal with paying me, um, commissions, etc. They were like, look, um, we'll start paying you properly from January. Anything we're giving would be for marketing purposes. At the moment, we need to put all our money into marketing to make this as big as it can be. I thought, all right, January is a few months around the corner. That's fine. Like They weren't keeping up to their deal, but they've said January, it'll go better. And... December comes and so at this point when they've stopped keeping up to their deal I've just said to them I ain't bringing you any more clients in now you handle the clients you've got I'm not bringing you any more clients in and let's just see where it goes from this point when you start making me money as well I'll start bringing you more clients in because obviously they're not paying me as much as I'm saying I said at this point I even said I think it was October November I've said just stop paying like don't pay me anything focus on the clients, make sure they're making money and we'll sort everything out in January. And that's exactly what happened. December comes and everything just starts plummeting down. Um, investments are going like, they're halving by like the 24th of December. My phone is going crazy. All these people that have obviously signed up because I've obviously thought this is something which is reasonable are messaging me, messaging me. I'm getting death threats. I'm getting my home address leaked online. Um, 26, which is Boxing Day, everything like drops, all the investments drop to like, by like 90%. Um, these guys, Infinox are just being, I think the word to use is cunts to me, saying, oh, this stuff happens, you should have known this. It's a risky business, it's risky trading. Why are you on the phone like crying to us right now? And I'm going, are you not seeing like what's happening? Um, I'm getting people call me. I've even made a group chat with all the people in it. I put everyone into a group chat and I've said, we need to like solve this. We need to fix this, if that makes sense. Um, people are just not having it for me. They're turning on me, like get us, get us our money back, get us our money back. Um, end of December comes, I'm like, what's gonna happen now? These guys have gone, well, you're not getting paid. There's no money left to pay you with. Bring us new clients in and we'll pay you. I've gone, are you crazy? Like at this point, the newspapers are like writing articles about it and stuff. And I've gone, wait, are you crazy? I'm not working with you guys again. And 
I guess that was our connection. Our like we're gone. We're not speaking again. Um, January comes, and I'd say all I had to my name at this point was probably a mere like ten, twenty grand, and a Maserati. <laughs> Lost everything. I had nothing. I had put all my money into the marketing end of this, and I had nothing left. Two years of work, my whole journey, any money that I'd made, like even that two hundred pound, two hundred k thing, like it's all gone. I had literally a tens, a couple tens of thousands, and a Maserati, which wasn't worth at that point more than like thirty grand, I'd say. So how was it that the fingers been pointed at you that you've scammed the millions? Like how can anybody? How was it? First of all, if you were to scam them, how would it be possible if the market crashed? Could you sell their stocks and keep the money, or I don't even think that's how it works exactly. So like, how can you, that's what, how did you get? Why was the finger at you that you? That's what I'm saying. And even people, how can you collect the money? Even all the money, none of it's ever gone to me. Mm-hmm. No one's ever sent me a penny at this point. No one sent me any money. All they've done is they've opened up portals on the Infinox website. And remember, these guys are like literally in central London. They're still running now. They're still. I feel like they're still doing the same stuff again and again. And no one's saying anything to them. And they've created a portal. They've deposited their money into what's called a trading account. Infinox is acting as like the brokerage at this point and they've obviously got a third party to carry out the trades and stuff for them, etc. And I'm thinking, how could have I took money when no one sent me any money? And it was worse when the newspapers came out saying four million pounds, four million pounds. I go, hey, I've never had four million pounds worth of clients. I wasn't the only influencer promoting this. There was a ton of influencers. If you've watched the documentary, you'll know they've spoken to other influencers that promoted this same thing. All the influencers that had promoted this, the money went into like one big trading account. That is what was four million pounds. My clients were nowhere near four million pounds. Why did I get attacked as the influencer that was running this, etc., by the media? Because I trusted this so much, I put everyone in a group chat, all my clients in a group chat. When I put all my clients in a group chat, they've all got each other's numbers and they've all gone to the media together. But that's because I trusted them. None of the other affiliates and social media influencers part of this did that. So there weren't ever enough news like reports to make them write news articles about it, if that makes sense. So that's why they pointed their finger straight at me. But yeah, I wasn't the only influencer that was basically promoting Infinox at this point. They had a ton of us. They had tons of influencers that they were making do this. They were sending me content by email telling me to post stuff and that's what I was just doing I was just listening to what they're telling me to post and posting it at this point people are making money I'm not going to think there's something bad about it and I didn't double think anything twice they're FCA regulated that's what I thought of course I've later found out that they made all the clients sign up on their Bahamas website which means the funds weren't actually protected by the FCA if that makes sense and was actually something to do with the Bahamas but they were they were the same company and I'm sure I've read a news article or something where Infinox um, London have turned around and said, that's our Bahamas firm, that's not us. No. The meetings that I had and all the other influencers probably had were in your London offices. You've told us you're FCA regulated. I'm 20 at this point, I don't know the difference. All I've done is a simple FCA search, seen their FCA regulated. The address that I've gone to is the office for their FCA regulated Infinox. I'm here communicating with their London team. So for me, that's the London Infinox, if that makes sense. So if somebody invests 10 grand 
the market crashes. Nobody's really to blame though, is there? Exactly what I'm saying. Like, no, the money's not gone to anyone. It's just the market's crashed. So did anybody ever put money in? Maybe tripled their money, say somebody that's maybe struggling, invested their whole five grand that they've got, mm -hmm. maybe had 15. Did anybody ever take it out? Or did everybody stay greedy and try to make more? Most people stayed greedy, tried to make more. I think there may have been a few that took it out. And were you allowed to take it out? Because there was articles, people saying that. Yeah. When it would drop to 10 grand, they said, don't take it out, don't take it out. Like, so what happened is, when it was dropping, this is what Infinox have obviously explained to me, when it would, had dropped and I had someone that, let's say they had a 10 grand account, but it had dropped, they'd want to take the full 10 out, but their balance was five, but that five was still being traded. For them to then get that five, they had to close all those trades, but all those trades had to be closed on everyone's account. And these lot said, at the end of every month, we'll close all the trades and whoever wants to withdraw can withdraw. And as far as I'm aware, that's what was going on and happening. How many people did they have in their books? How many clients? Uh, thousands. thousands. Have they ever been investigated? I don't know. I, I know the can police. They, I, I know the police have looked into them and stuff like. But, but can I, they if they've not really done that. anything? You know what's worse, but this is the thing. They've given money back to loads of their the clients through the bank. So a lot of the um, so this is where it comes down to. This is not me. I'm not part of this. So a lot of the clients had reported it to their bankers, Ford, etc., um, and they got their money back. The money never came from me. It's come from Infinox. So it wasn't your account? No. You were taking money from people, maybe withdrawing the money? No. Or they were saying people that you've not made any money and just taking them? Because you've obviously got all the pictures of the fancy cars, all the big watches. Of course. Travelling the world. But that is, people then go, if he can do it, I can do it. So then it's dangling the carrot. People want involved, but then... Yeah. They're losing all the money. They're looking for somebody to blame. Yeah, no, you're right. And you can understand why. No, hundred percent. You, you can understand why in their mind. It makes sense, blame, especially the people you've put onto them, but the people you haven't, and that's a different ball game. Like, so who are this company then? Who are? They're a brokerage in central London called Infinox. What are they worth? I don't know, but I've seen articles and stuff like talking about like twenties, thirty million plus. Like mm. those types of numbers are what they're talking about. So these lot are big, big, and that's obviously what I've seen before. I've obviously signed up with them, so I thought, yeah, okay, these lot are like a trusted company. What's the minimum? The minimum investment they would take? Uh, five hundred quid. That's what I'm saying. It was it's 500, small, yeah. but people were wanting to put 10, 20 grand in because their 500 was turning in. Like most people who came on was putting 500 in. Their 500 was turning into a few grand and then they were like, okay, cool, here's 10, 20 grand. Like that's what they was doing. They Is was, that the turn on at the start though? That It's like anybody who's maybe started gambling, you always seem to win your first bet. That's true. Is that the, the carrot dangled in front of people to get them hooked? And then they bring more people as well as know. part of a scam? Where... I do see what you're saying. You know what I, I mean? do get what you're saying. And I guess I'll never know. Like I never had access to any of the backend stuff at Infinox. I never got to see anything. Mm -hmm. I got to see the same stuff the clients got showed. Me and the clients were getting showed the same stuff, the same numbers. Everything was the same that I was seeing as the clients. The backend stuff, no idea about what actually happened there. Like these guys completely just cut me off. They haven't even spoken to me now. In fact, they even wrote an article. I think they paid for an article to get bitten, which just pointed the finger at me. So you feel and as just acted like they didn't know me. So you feel as if you've been thrown under the bus? 100%. I was used as a scapegoat by this massive company and it ruined me. I had to have counselling over it because I couldn't get my head around why someone would want to do that to me. All in all, how much did all your clients that you put on to them lose? I think it was a couple hundred grand. 
nowhere near 4 million. That's why I don't get where this 4 million numbers ever come from. And when I've looked deep into it and started speaking to other influencers that were involved, I've spoken to loads of influencers. The ones that were on the documentary, I've spoken to them. And they go on, they've told me themselves, oh my God, it's so bad, like how they've just thrown me under the bus. When they, everyone knows what's going on and what's happened, all these other influencers, record labels that were part of it, they all know that Gavs was used as a scapegoat for something here. Yeah. So people who had their money, it wasn't down to you whether they could take the money out or not? It no, I had no control on nothing. Down to the company? Yeah. Ah. So when you were... Tristan in and Marco were even in the group chats. Mm -hmm. And they was coordinating who can withdraw, when they can withdraw. These clients have spoken to Tristan and Marco. They know that Tristan was the guy working at Infinox. Yet when they've gone to the newspapers, they've gone, Gavin, and what... And I was there literally on, I remember on the 26th of December or the 27th, whenever it was, I've made it, I've told everyone, let's join this group and let's try and sort out and find out what's happened here. Made the group and I was just getting harassed. I thought, forget this. What can I do? I, I went to the police, actually. I was the first one to go to the police. I went to the police. Um, I went to Ilford Police Station um, to explain what happened on, I think, it, I don't know the exact date, but it was like, before the end of December, before the news articles and everything's gone like mad. Um, I've gone to the police myself to report it. They go, that's just Forex trading. Like we can't do nothing. Money's gone and like it's in investment. I've gone, like my clients have lost money and I'm getting death threats over it. They go, has anyone physically like done or said anything to you? I was like, no, they're like, okay. When they do, then tell us. <laughs> Because yeah. I was at the point where I was like getting threats. I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. I had no involvement and to make that clear. I had no benefit from these people losing money at all. And to make that clear, I went to the police. I was the first person to even whistleblow on this. I even called the FCA. I had a conversation with the FCA. I called the FCA and I explained to them what had happened. I go, a company called Infinox. I'm sure I've like logged it or whatever. I've given it to my lawyer who's got a note of it. I've gone, a company called Infinox told me the FCA regulated, but they made my client send the money to their Bahamas firm. Um, and this is what's happened. And they did say they were going to look into it. They did ask me if we did want to speak to you more about it, would you be happy to talk to us? And I said, yeah, completely. So what is FCA? Uh, the Financial Conduct Authority. They manage all of the like financial stuff to do with the UK. So, and, but they had the Bahamas, was was that like an offshore account then? Yeah, so it sounds like, like they had Infinox um, UK and they had Infinox Bahamas. So, so they could have been... Two getting, different entities. Yeah, so the Bahamas are not able to get done for proceeds of crime or nothing because it's obviously not UK. So if they put money in the Bahamas account, nobody could ever touch that then? I don't know how it works. No idea. Yeah, it's just trying to figure it out. So how long after that then was the bbc documentary the four-part series scam city that came ages after that came after like the news articles everything died down i don't know the exact date my head like with these dates they're just too much but you can google it find out when it came out um and that was just the most random and ridiculous thing ever um i got a phone call from the guy who did the documentary asking if i could speak to him about what happened and at this point i'm just trying to move on with my life so anyone can see why i've said no I want to move on with my life. I've been instructed by my lawyer, do not talk to the media about what's going on and what's happened. I've gone, okay, I will not. So I've decided not to. I've told him I'm not interested in his documentary and to not contact me again. He made numerous calls to me. The guy had my number. 
So God knows how, but he's got my number. And he's then gone and done a documentary where he's pretending that he's looking for Gervin and he's gone on the lookout for Gervin. Like, I can show you messages from this guy um, before he's found me in the documentary where he's found me and gone, oh, I found Gervin. But I can show you messages where he's looking for me like Gervin's disappeared from the face of the earth where's he gone oh my god he's i'm posting on my instagram that i'm in london and living in london he's gone to plymouth to go and look for me and it's just like what are you doing like who's this acting for um and i've obviously said i don't want any part in this and guess what one day i'm walking the dog and this guy's pulled up and i've looked and it's him and i've gone really and i've obviously been instructed do not talk to the media they twist off the media are known to twist off i say something like a full sentence they will cut off the first part of the sentence to make the second half of the sentence make me look bad so straight away i've ignored him got in my car well i got into a shop and then i ended up going to my car um as I've tried driving off, one of their cameramans jumped in front of my car. I've had to swerve to miss him. I've gone straight into a brick wall, scraped the whole side of my Maserati at that point, probably about three, four grand's worth of damage. And yeah, drove off on them, but it was ridiculous. It was literally like harassment at a different level. Did you know it was a four part series? I had no idea. When that drops, what then goes through your mind? As Scam City, you've scammed millions, you've, you've broken hundreds and hundreds of homes and left people homeless like no. because you've been homeless yeah yeah of course and i didn't appreciate it at all of course i wouldn't and it was a massive shock to the system i think i was depressed for about a month while that was like all going on um my parents obviously was like wow what's going on like this is out of control family members ringing my house like have you seen this have you seen this well of course we have um reputation was just broken at that point um everything was just i don't even know how to explain it i was just at the lowest i'd ever been in my life um and i'm watching this documentary thinking this is false and i've been told i can't speak about this infinite situation by my lawyer he said just don't leave it um i've gonna have to i can't mentally get my head around people thinking that i've run a scam like that's just not me. I am not that type of person. So I thought I need to do something. I need to say something. And that's when I released a statement on my Instagram. If you want to go read it. Yeah, what was that? Um, on the 28th of May, 2021, I released a statement which explained exactly what went on and the story behind it. Um, and a few hours later, literally like, so I've released that on the 28th of May, 2021. They've removed the full documentary off iPlayer a few hours later of me releasing that statement, which I was like, hey, um, they've removed it off iPlayer. Episode two was meant to air that night. I think it was that night. When was episode two? No, so episode two was then meant to air on the 2nd of June, 2021. And it's there, it's written. Um, the videos are all on my Instagram around that date. You can have a look at them yourself. Um, it's written um, to be my episode two. That's what's scheduled in for TV. And I've gone, at this point, I'm confused. I'm like, they've removed it off iPlay, but they're showing it on TV. What's about like, hey, what's going to happen? And I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it. So I just ignored it. And my mom screams for me. She's like, Gervin. I'm like, yes. She's like, they've put a random dancing show on. It's not airing on TV. Hey, what's going on there? I have no idea. 
So they've removed it off iPlayer and they didn't air the rest of it on TV after I put my statement out, which was just like, hey, what's going on? Um, but yeah, obviously I was suffering from depression after that for a while, but I guess I had to kind of give my story. I think I gave a bit of an insight to my story to, I think it was the Metro, um, and they put a few articles about my side of the story out there as well, um, Plymouth Live as well. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a journey, I'd say, but I didn't really let that bring me down. I knew I'd learned so many skills along the way, and that's when I decided to, like, so between while this is all going on, the whole documentary thing, this whole newspaper thing, me being there with my car and, like, no more than, like, a 20, 30 grand balance on my bank account, knowing, okay, I've lost everything I'd built myself to, I needed to do something. And that's when I just went into the whole, okay, I'm good with my online stuff, I'm good with marketing, I love affiliate marketing. That's when I decided, let me specialize and make sure that I'm putting all my energy into e-commerce and online marketing. And somehow, like, to, like, literally within a year and a half, I've made it back to a place way better than I was way back then just by putting that work in and that's what just like you need to know you shouldn't give up on yourself 100% like I had to have counseling I had to do these things but I did that to make myself better make sure that I could achieve and become someone and obviously I now pull out these flashy cars and stuff and people are like hey that's the scam money no like literally my, I showed the proof on my Shopify numbers like I could even like pull up to you now on the Shopify app myself um this is just from one of my stores <coughs> and you can literally just see different payouts coming from Shopify this is as you scroll down thousands seven thousand thousands three thousand thousands daily through Shopify and what's that you should that's online sales yes from yeah. online stores I've done loads of online <clears throat> stores um candles Amazon selling I've done Amazon FBA as well and I've put my focus onto that and it's worked for me so you were never charged with anything, never charged with fraud, no, never charged with... I wasn't charged with nothing. Obviously, you've got Tinder, um, you've got Netflix, you've got a Tinder swindler that's like, he's kind of scamming people. Yeah. It's like 100% proof that he mm -hmm. was scamming people, but it's kind of made him a mega celebrity. celebrity. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. <laughs> that would be a good podcast. I'd love to hear his side of the story. You know what I mean? No one's that's... actually heard like, him speak about it. Yeah. That'd be crazy. And yourself, obviously, with that publicity, as much as it's a negative, but... When you look at your following now, you've nearly got a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Like you're staying in a big penthouse, you're you seem to be doing all right, you've got the yeah. clobber on, like business must be good, but how much how hard is that, that to then try and rebrand yourself for people to then trust you? That's what it is, and that's why I thought I need to because you know what? People remember things, people forget things. My followers as I don't want it to sound cliche or anything, I'm not that type of person, but they like me. You go on my Instagram page, you read the comments, there's hundreds and hundreds of comments on each picture I post and they're positive. And that's because my followers actually watch what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. My followers have that connection with me. I, I'm out, I see my followers, I take pictures with them, I'd speak to them. I'd even like, if I'm out eating somewhere, I'd even pick up their bill. Like, that's because of the type of person I am. If people actually watched me and followed me on social media they'd understand wait 
this can't be the same guy that the media have previously said stole four million pounds or whatever. And they'd understand that. But people don't really like to give people a chance in this world. So those who don't follow me, they're the ones with the constant hate, this, that. And it's like, it gets to me. I'd, I'd be lying if I say it didn't get to me. Um, you'd sit here, you'd think, why do you care? But it does. People having a bad image of me when I'm knowing I'm not that type of person, it gets to me a lot. I, I used to sit there crying because of it. How old are you? I'm now 23. Still on that fucking kid. <laughs> still, still a kid, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> putting a lot of people to shame, mate, if you're 100% legit. Like, it's good to see people do well. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see people do they well. Don't. There is good people out there that people want I love to, to see people got doing well. It inspires me, but yeah. then there's a certain, a certain person that has the mindset, they'd be jealous, but in a spiteful way, oh my God, no, it can't be real, this, that. No, it can, like, I did a Shopify challenge myself, so I've obviously now founded my own academy, Academy to Earn, which teaches people how to make money online. In fact, I was so confident in my teaching and showing people how to make money online, there was a three and a half thousand pound fee to do my 10K Shopify challenge, which over one month, you'll make, ten, well, we aim to make, should I say, 10,000 pounds in profit, through Shopify. Shopify is a platform you build your own online store on now. Um, and I took on 10 people. I told these people, you don't pay me the three and a half grand until after I show you how to make 10,000 pound profit. I'm not saying they were all successful, but a handful of them were. But that was to prove to people and show them, look, I can actually show people, like I've gone through all the experiences, I can actually show people how to make money online. And I was so confident in my own skills at that point, I did that. In fact, I've just done six people now for free. Let me prove to everyone I can help people make money online. I'm showing six people how to make five grand over a week. We've been working on the back end of launching everything, sorting everything out over the last month or two, but their official launches for their online stores, their property Airbnbs, the different businesses. So I'm making them all do a separate, separate businesses. One will be doing an online store with Shopify. One will be doing drop shipping. One will be doing Amazon FBA. One will be doing property Airbnb. One will be doing affiliate marketing, etc. And we set everything up in the background over the last month. They officially launched yesterday one of the guys his online store I've even got the messages here I've shown them on my Instagram as well um, his first day online store launched it used TikTok ads to promote his product spent I think it was £300 on ads made I think it was like one point something K and that was me doing for free because I more want to prove a point to people I'm not just after people's money I'm after the feeling I get of changing their lives and that's where the whole original medicine idea came from, changing people's lives, helping people with their lives. That's why I got involved with Infinox. I wanted to help people. I was getting an adrenaline from helping people. I was getting an adrenaline seeing people's money go up and people messaging me saying I've changed their lives. Literally, I was getting so much good karma, I felt, at that point, until it all just went to shits, I'd say. Um, but hey, I didn't let that stop me. I built up my own academy, Academy Twern, and I specialize in that mentoring. In fact, I'm at the stage now where the academy is actually hiring three new mentors. So usually I've just been the only mentor for the academy. Want to grow, want to expand. We're taking on three new mentors, but the three mentors that I'm taking on are going to be students that I've previously mentored and helped get where they are now. 
And that's, I guess that's good. It's keeping it within my little circle of my students who I've helped come up and they've gone through the whole experience with me and they're at a stage now where they can mentor other people. How hard is that for you say you've got the knowledge and understanding how to make money legit? Mm -hmm. But then because of the shit that you've been through, being called a scammer, mm -hmm. a fraudster, to then having to give people it for free so you so it doesn't come out like because if you start taking money off people there you go it goes tits up listen you're fucked 100 100 let's try to break nah. that stigma already to show people look i'm genuine listen i'm a good judge of character you're very level-headed you've got a, no i am I'm, I'm humble I, a decent enough guy but again what i want to say is uh, on social media i may come across as a little bit of a cunt but i know what entertains people what there you go, what people want to watch. And as an influencer, I've got to put that little front on sometimes. I've got to walk into the shard and record it. You think I want to record me walking into the shard? No, it's embarrassing. I don't want to be doing that. Like literally someone passing me my bags when I'm shopping, let me record you doing that. No, that's embarrassing. I don't want to do that, but I know you guys want to see that. So I've got to do that. I hate doing that stuff. I'm probably the happiest when I'm at home with my mum and my dog and my brother and stuff like, that's probably when I'm happiest, like, I'm actually normal and people don't really see that when they watch my social media, they think oh, spoiled brat or something, whatever. I get like daddy's money. I'm like, wait, you don't even know my story. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm actually quite a level-headed, humble guy. Like I'm normal and I'm not better than anyone either. Like everyone's just the same to me. Do you worry though that bringing something to try and give them knowledge of being the, the role model or whatever it is to then if it goes tits up and they lose money how scary is that for you if somebody loses money and then they say a story that he's doing it again or, yeah yeah is it that is. always at the back of your mind it is scary but then i'm fine the skills the academy's mine academy turns mine i'm solely behind it so no one can mess around with what's going on behind the scenes and stuff you get what i'm trying to say and i'm confident in myself what i'm offering people and i guess i don't need to worry about that i have no worries about that ever happening because if you were 15, 16, you've seen somebody on Instagram that you followed in the shard yeah. and picking up you have, to be over, you have to be over 18. That's one of the, so to buy one of my online courses, you have to be over 18. Mm. And that's because I don't want either people thinking I'm trying to manipulate young people, which is not what I'm doing. Plus, come on, you're 15, 16, man, enjoy school. Yeah. <laughs> Do your education, man. Like, yeah, get a little job, save up a bit, but don't stress yourself about making money to that level, like come on man enjoy your childhood so yeah 18 plus is what i work on would you ever go back to medicine potentially potentially is no. that stressful what you do the trading and constantly trying to give information and try to find ways to make money through online whatever all, all the it, different it, stuff that you do like what's the difference from actually being at uni to what you're doing now like okay because uni's freedom the word is freedom um I'm my own boss. It's, I, I don't want to come across arrogant again, by the way. Um, but I can, like, literally, I'm going to Manchester now. It's what day is it? I don't even know what day it is. Every day is like the weekend, Thursday, yeah? I'm going to Manchester after this now. And if I was working or at university, I'd have to do that on a Saturday, Sunday. Midweek, I'm going somewhere. I could randomly just fly to any country. No one's able to, like, no one's, I don't have to take holiday leave or anything like that. You get what I'm trying to say. Plus, how much I work in a day, Apart from the mentoring I'm providing my students, which is probably two hours a day, max, and running my online stores and stuff, that's probably a few hours a week. 
it's not really much work, but there's stress behind it. There's stress, I guess, unless you've done it, you wouldn't know running a business, although you maybe are oh, sitting comfy, you're sitting there and you're running a business. There's a lot of thoughts going on in the back of your mind and stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of stress that comes with it, I'd say. Is there ever a target for you, especially being so young? You've All your photos, you're driving Lamborghinis, you're driving Maseratis, yeah. you're driving Rolls Royces. Like, has it ever become enough? Where does, that, where does that come in then as, as I think, being more successful? Or is it a bit of greed or is it not to fall back to where that stress that you had of being tired with being a fraudster or a scammer or being homeless with your mum? Like, where do you, because you're still so young. Like, I think, you know what it is? There's always someone doing better than you. There's two types of people. One that will obviously look at them with jealousy and one that will be motivated by them. I see people my age, 23, rolling around in private jets and okay maybe their daddy's money but some of them have done it themselves they have and it's inspirational for me it's like okay that's what makes me wake up in the morning thinking I need to work harder every day I need to achieve my goal I need to make sure that today helps me achieve tomorrow's goal if that makes sense so for me to hit that dream I need to work 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 if that makes sense to you and for me it's always looking up to people doing better than me most people that I follow are doing better than me because I want to constantly be reminded that there's people doing better than me. Not not only will it humble me, but it'll also make me work harder towards my goals. Like, yeah, I'm at the stage now where cars don't really phase me. I don't want to say too much, but there's a few coming new ones. But I'm not excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to get a private jet one day. <laughs> but when that comes, it'll be the same thing. Okay, cool, I've done it. And I guess it's just constantly trying to level up, I guess. If, do you ever get people older than you coming for advice and oh, yeah. that open? But how do they handle that from a, a just a young kid at twenty three? Um, I've I've mentored fifty year olds. Is that harder or is it easier? It's fine. No, it's easier. They're so much more mature and it's easier to That's explain things. They listen more. They'll take notes and they you do usually end up being more successful themselves. Um, so yeah, going more back onto my story. Um, and I'll speak to my dad, etc. Um, I've started him up with Amazon. He's making money using Amazon. Like I've taught him ways. Like it's successful business model. Like if you can put your dad on, you can put anyone on. Um, but yeah, that's literally shows that anything can be achieved in life. And I speak to students. I've got one at the moment. He doesn't know yet, but he's got the job role for my next mentor. You'll see his journey. He's second year university. He was successful with my 10K challenge, um, which was over a month. He's now on the 5K weekly challenge. It's looking like it's going all right for him. He might be able to achieve it. He doesn't know. And by the time this podcast is out, he'll know. So he'll know that he doesn't know at this point, but he's got the job role. Um, we're going to be aiming to be making him at least 100K a year as a mentor for Academy Twin. How hard was it for your mum? through when you were on the tv and all the newspapers or something it broke the family 100 but she was very supportive i couldn't ask couldn't have asked for anyone else to support me as much as she did because she obviously knew the actual story and she believed it if that makes sense and she knew that wait my son is innocent and has been used here as a scapegoat my mom now she works within the criminal justice system herself um and she's literally seen how it's ruined my life this whole documentary thing it literally brought me like so low i was at a point where i wasn't leaving my room for like days at home 
And yeah, I may be on social media looking like, but I don't show the other part of my life. I ain't gonna show people that I'm depressed. I wanna motivate people. But yeah, there's also that element to my life. But yeah, my mum was so supportive with that, 100%. If everything that you're saying is true, would you ever want an apology for that man who made the documentary? It's his job, isn't it? Someone's hired him and told him to make it. So, not really. Are you better towards that? No. I'm, I'm not that type of person where, like, I thought of it as, that's his job. I don't hate the guy. I just told him, don't speak to me. Like, I like there's two sides to every story. So I don't know who's behind telling him what to do. Mm. I've said, yeah, he's acting. He actually phoned me, et cetera. And then he's pretending to look for me. But someone may have choreographed that and actually told him to do that. You get what I'm trying to say? So you never know who to be bitter towards. But no, I've never like that. So your mum was understanding about it then? Yeah, and very supportive. Did that make it easier? Uh, definitely. Without that, I would have probably collapsed, broke, probably would have deleted my social media and not carried on. Though she's always pushed me towards wanting that medical career more than the whole influencer thing, she knows at the end of the day, it's whatever makes me happy. And I'm content with what I'm doing right now and happy, I'd say. How did the trolls treat you? Surprising. I don't get mm, that many. I do get some, but I reflected the other week, actually, when I was like, why do I keep getting hate messages? There's 600,000 followers. If I'm getting 50 people trolling me and hating on me, that's a very small proportion of people. That's So it's not that many, but back when those articles were coming out, it was getting to me. Like I deactivated my Instagram at one point for like one or two weeks because I just couldn't take it. Um, it's not even the troll, it's them not understanding that what they're reading and hearing isn't true and no one believing my side of the story and that's what was more getting to me rather than what they're saying like I get trolls all the time saying just ridiculous ridiculous stuff like your car's rented <laughs> even if it was who fucking cares well if it was I'd be very stupid because to rent an AMG GTS is about 10 grand a month I've had it a year that's 120 grand to rent the car over a year, which I'd never get back. Well, if I bought the car and sold it, I'm getting my money back at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, never makes sense to me, but you get those types of people. Always. Whose idea was it to go to counselling, especially at a very young age? Um, that, that was my mum's. Were you ever suicidal? Um, yeah. Brutal. I wouldn't say the word suicide. I wouldn't want to put it to that, but it felt like I was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, my mum pushed me to make sure that I did that because I just wasn't myself. Like I, I had just lost myself completely at that point because of what was going on with the whole newspapers, documentary. It was just way too much for me. Did you feel as if everybody was talking about you? Yeah. And they probably wasn't. They probably didn't care. But it felt like it because a couple of comments here and there, a couple of people saying something, it just gets to you, I guess. What was it like doing your first therapy session? didn't know I, it was weird i didn't know what to speak about i didn't know how much i could tell them etc but as i went on you get more comfortable etc you say more stuff and it was a place to go to offload to i guess eventually and you feel as if that made you kick on in life yeah i was the only actually um I don't know if the words discharged but the sessions only ended and i felt like okay i'm in a better place like literally a month or two ago that's nearly a year. Yeah, they were, like it was going on for a while. Especially if you've not done anything wrong, especially if everything you say is legit. That's what I'm saying. Being pushed to borderline suicide like, mm -hmm. for a young kid. Like, was it like, good? The media do kill people. 
They do, 100%. Some, I've looked into it myself. There's a lot of good people in the media. Like, they're genuinely there. Mm -hmm. But they're only pushing on agenda as so well to make money as well. They don't give a fuck about people's feelings they or emotions. They want what will sell. They want what will sell. And negative publicity and negative stuff sells more than positive. You will never want to read something more positive than you'd want to read something more negative. You want to read other people being put down and it's crazy. Why does everyone think like that? I have no mm. idea. But the media know that. That's why they'd rather put someone down than make them like successful, if that makes sense. How does it feel that it's made you stronger though? That you've not quite, you could have just I don't trust, away? I don't trust people. Um, I obviously trusted these Infinox people and yeah. I think it's had its parts where it's like, okay, it's made me less trustworthy towards people. I'm more independent. I do things like myself, for myself, if that makes sense more now. Before it was taking other people's guidance, someone saying this to me. I guess I was naive and young as well at the point. I was young. I've grown as a person over the last few years. I've become someone that's more successful than I was as a 19 year old getting excited driving a Maserati and I had it in rose gold as well like come on that says enough I was just literally a kid that didn't know what to do with this money and I guess I've become more level-headed with it as well though at the same time but do you still enjoy it absolutely why why wouldn't you I mean the same money don't buy happiness but I mean if the bad part of my life didn't happen with the whole bad publicity and the whole Infinox thing that happened, like my life would be really good right now. <laughs> Do you feel as if you enjoy it more though? Because sometimes they say when you hit a rock bottom, yeah, it makes you appreciate the finer things that maybe you were a bit. I'd be... Of, like you say, I can't be... And people think he's flash this and that and then you go, wait a minute, you go through that darkness mm -hmm. and then do you know what? I can enjoy it that extra little bit more because I, I know what depression feels like but also know what the good life feels like. You're very right. So it's like when I was driving a Lamborghini in Dubai, I literally looked at the steering wheel and I needed tears in my eyes. I was like, how have I come to this point where I'm driving a Lamborghini into the only seven star hotel in the world? To me, it was just like, how? How? Like, it's crazy for me. I, I couldn't even get my own head around it. I was like, wow, okay, I should be proud of myself because 16 year old me would have never saw myself here like seven years later like that's not a long time and i managed to get myself there and in between remember i've lost it all in between and i'd start again and yeah i'd say i reflect on things a lot more but i appreciate things a lot more as well now because i've seen how i had it all before it went and now i'm obviously at a better stage i'm making more smarter moves etc i've got my own vapes coming out uh light vape and yeah, hoping that will put me into the tens of millions, hopefully. <laughs> so how does that, how do you come up with the new business plans then? Are you sceptical? Are you always wary now? Or no. are you just full steam ahead and willing to take more risk? Let me tell you one thing. I never overthink it. So the vapes is something that's popping right now. So no question about it. I should have got involved and I have. Like there's tens of thousands of them going to be coming from China within a few weeks. People always have something bad to say, by the way. Why are you making your vapes in China? I had a few people like, you're disgusting, you're this, you're that. You can never win with people at all. And that's when I kind of realised you actually can't. Um, but yeah, I'm putting my full energy into the vapes and I want to achieve the next stage in my life. And that's where I've gone, okay, what can I think of that will make me potentially 
tens of millions and that's where the vape idea came from. But going back to when I want to start something, I don't really overthink it. How I think of something is anything can sell. Anything. Take it 23, you feel as if you've lived a life already. <laughs> like, like, anything can sell, though. Man, but, it's, but it's a good thing. To someone's see. buying something. Yeah. Someone's making millions from, like, literally these curtains here or yeah. whatever they are. Like, someone's made them and there's a business behind them making money from them. Mm. So that proves everything sells. Everything that you see on a day-to-day -day basis when you're confused on, oh, I want to start a business, but I don't know what to sell. Everything sells. Start with anything. A plug socket will sell. Someone's making money selling plug sockets. And that's how you got to look at it, I guess. What makes the, your brand stick out more than anybody else? Because there's thousands of different vapes out there, different flavours. Like, what okay. makes a vape that becomes a global success? Two things. Um, three things, actually. One, I'm a marketing genius. I've learned so much over the last few years in terms of marketing with businesses. I've had successful Shopify stores, which haven't even been, like branded and I haven't put that much energy into them so I'm thinking what will happen with my own brand when I release that now number two I've got so much connections they say your network is your net worth so many celebrities influencers that I know so I've got so many connections to make these vapes literally global number three first thing I thought of was a unique selling point and I thought where are people doing these vapes most my age clubs I'm seeing everyone in a club with a vape now. I'm putting a bottle probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, so I had my, I have my own samples of my vapes. I'm the only one that's actually got access to them at the moment. I, I said, no one's ever seen them. And I'm in a club and be with my vape. And the bottom of the vape um, basically illuminates in different colors. So the LED changes, but it's just the bottom. I know there's a few vapes where the whole thing glows up and it's just like well that's too much but the bottom of it just changes colors with our brand's logo and you can see that at the bottom and literally you're in a club and people are actually just looking like where what is that and where's he got that from and it was more always finding a unique selling point you have to have a usp in order to make something blow and grow and i guess that's what i did i thought of a unique selling point for okay i need something let me add a little color changing LED to the bottom of the vape. People will love it. And that's the start of light vape. I've had so many more ideas with that whole lighting element now. And I just can't wait for light vape to kick off. And then I've just got so many ideas to come after that. How do you look at guys like Jeff Bezos and Amazon? Like, how do you think that how they started and how big there you go. they've took it? Like? Inspirational. It's fucking mad. Like, like, I, I know one of them started in like a garage or something. I don't remember which yeah. one of them, but and I think it may Google, have been Jeff. Uh, yeah, Amazon. Like, it's just how things have started. And again, it's just the consistency to keep going and take yeah. things how big you ever want it. Like, to be a product and have a product, first of all, it's got to be a product that people want. There you go. And you, like you say, I was out last Sunday for a few hours and everybody was vaping. <laughs> I felt as if I was fucking smoking <laughs> when, I woke, when I woke up the next day. Like, and you're thinking it's just a trend that everybody jumps on it it's a trend it's like those fidget spinners that were out yeah. back in the day when i was little i would have loved for something like that to be happening now because mm -hmm. i would have gone crazy with them do you sleep much are you constantly thinking of your next hustle it's a mixture of both i'd say sometimes i may have a night where i can't go to sleep until three four o'clock because i'm on the computer or laptop should i say trying to think how can i make more money but then i'd also have to think 
I lie in sometimes until 12, 1, 2 o'clock. I don't have anywhere I need to go. I don't have to be at work. I don't have to do something. So I don't mind working or being on my phone, even scrolling through ideas of different things until 2, 3 in the morning because I enjoy that as well. And then, okay, there's a little stress element to it, but I enjoy it. And then I, I don't really have much of a routine. I've recently put myself into a little routine when I've started gym. I've seen better effects on it financially and beneficially for the business as well, to be honest. I think routine is important and I was lacking that. But then that's learning a lot as well. So one of my biggest learning curves is what was going wrong in terms of me not being that focused and it was I was out of routine so I've recently put myself into a little routine I mean I keep breaking it now again like now I'm going to Manchester on a Thursday so it's kind of broke the whole routine but wake up in the morning go to the gym go home work a couple hours and then by three four o'clock I'm just doing whatever I need to do yeah because depression is a big thing as well to try and find a bit 100%. of balance because I get messages every single day people struggling with addiction or mental health but you ain't ever going to find a bit of happiness if you're still drinking still smoking still taking drugs still gambling still yeah, eating right. bad foods and especially not exercising and there's mm. people do all that stuff minus exercise so no wonder their heads are fried even just you know drinking what? puts you in a depression but you had fucking Does. drugs and gambling and <laughs> you're going to be depressed you're right you're going to be depressed to really change cut out the negatives listen if you can't cut them all but gradually wean yourself off them and then you start seeing the world differently even 30 days no drink no drugs or whatever it is people do you you'll fucking see so the world differently even throwing some exercise and you'll think wow is this what life's yeah. all about because you, do, you feel about. so much better yeah you me can just adding the gym to my little element means so much better mm -hmm. i was i think i'd say last year i was going clubbing three four times a week i mean come on i was young had a bit of money and thought you know what let me just go crazy on the clubbing scene going out in Mayfair three, four times a week. And I mean, I was going with people who had money, like you're getting a table there minimum five grand a night. So the people that I'm going with, they're the good people to be around because they're influential as well. They've got money, etc. Um, But I think mentally it wasn't doing me no good. I've now put a new rule in where I'm only going out once a week, max. Sometimes I'm even missing a week, but I am feeling like I am at the most productive stage in my life that I have ever been because of these small, small changes that I'm now making. And I feel like that's the reason that you'd get from where you are to a better version. Like I feel like I've been stuck. It's weird to say for the last like six months, I've been stuck at the level I'm at, um, making the same amount of money every week, but nothing's really got better. You may look at this and be like, but you're making a good amount of money, but you want to always do better. And I thought, how can I change that? And one of the things was working on the whole mental health aspect of things, making sure I'm living a much more healthier lifestyle. And that works and helps so much more. What was the method of thinking behind the £2,000 you gave out in Plymouth? Um, marketing, I'll be honest. It was marketing. Um, it was marketing. At that point, I was trying to grow as a social media influencer. Um handing out £2,000 got more public attention, I'd say, than me running a £10,000 Facebook ad. Because it went viral, eh? It went viral, viral. The BBC and used that against you, no? Yeah, no, and it was like, I'm sorry, it's business. 
And I knew, and that was young me. I don't even know how I thought of that at that age, to be honest. But I knew, okay, if I've got £2,000 here, if I spend £2,000 on a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad, that will reach ten to 20,000 people. I'm just giving an example. Whereas I, if I do this and the media clock onto it, I could reach hundreds of thousands of people. And that's exactly what happened. Is the social media ads worth it? Facebook? Because I know people spend 50 grand, 100 grand a month to promote and stuff. Do, do they actually work? Um, so with online stores, Facebook ads are good. TikTok ads are getting better, I'd say, than Facebook ads myself. Um, that's with online stores. Going to become an influencer, useless. They are useless. With becoming an influencer, it's, you need to always keep yourself relevant, I'd say. Um, you see people come on Love Island and they die down after a few months and yeah. no one remembers them and they're gone. I've kept myself relevant, I'd say, for four to five years. I'm an expert, I'd say it myself. But you always have to be doing something. Love the confidence, bro. You have to always be doing something, though, like to keep yourself relevant in the public's eye. Whether that's buying a new car, like literally I'd be happy driving my Maserati every day. But I knew that I needed to up that up for the whole social media thing. Like, I don't care. I don't actually care about what car I'm driving in. Even when I'm getting Ubers now, it's bad. I don't get in a normal Uber. I get in only the... Executive. Because I know I need to put it on Insta that I'm driving, like getting chauffeured. Yeah. But it's crazy when you think about it. Every, I'm actually quite a humble guy. I don't care. If I'm like with my girl or something, like would be getting in a normal Uber. We don't like, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't phase me. I'm going out to eat. Only like when I know I'm snapping it or whatever, I'd be like going somewhere posh. I'd go eat at bloody McDonald's, man. I don't care. I'd go through the drive through I, I eat normal food as well, like you guys. Like, you just don't see it. <laughs> you just don't see it. I ain't going to snap at me going through McDonald's drive through <laughs> There you go. Literally, I'll have my mum making me a full English breakfast. Forget that my mum makes the best Indian food and I'm eating that most nights anyway. Mm -hmm. But I just don't snap it up. Yeah. Um, Whereas when I go out, I show that aspect, but it is literally keeping yourself relevant, giving the public, giving you guys what you want to see. And that's what I do. Like I could save so much money if I wasn't staying in the shard, like as much as I do. Um, main reason I do it is because I know you guys like watching that. <laughs> and it creates business for you that yeah. how do you make your money? What makes a good entrepreneur? Resilience. I don't think I know one entrepreneur that's just had one journey that's gone from where they are to the top without any rocky parts in between. I mean, you could go up like this, but I don't know anyone who's just gone like that. So you have to have resilience. You'd give up. Forget that when I started um, buying these online courses and stuff at the beginning, I wasn't actually making money, but I still kind of was like, it should work. They're saying it will work. And I kept persistent with it. And at one point I came to a point where I was making 50 quid a week. And I thought, okay, I spent a grand on these courses. I'm making 50 quid a week. In 20 weeks, I'll make my money back and I'll stop. But then I was like, actually, wait, let's try and do more than 50 quid a week. 50 quid a week eventually turned into 100 quid a week. 100 quid a week eventually turned into like a few hundred quid a week. And eventually I was making like one grand plus a week. This was whilst I was still in like second year of university. I ended up driving a gold Maserati around university. Like <laughs> you don't really see much people do that, but it's keeping yourself persistent and resilient, I'd say, with what you're doing. I think that's the biggest trait you need as an entrepreneur. Where do you see yourself at 30 years old? Save your family. Um, nice big mansion. 
hopefully, wouldn't go as far as a private jet, but let's aim for it. at least a helipad and a helicopter. <laughs> Thank you, but everything's doable. It's easy to become it a millionaire now than anything. Thing is, I think once you start making money, you know and you realise it's so possible and it's actually not that difficult once you started. Mm. Like to level up and level up, like, yeah, I found I was stuck in that little phase, as I said, for six months. But making these small changes, you start realizing, okay, I can do better, I can do more, I can do more. This is where the whole light vape's coming from. It's like, okay, what can I do that takes me from the stage I'm at now to a bigger stage? Then it will be, okay, how do we expand the whole light product range, hopefully, one day? Like, you just consistently need to keep up, up, upping your game, sorry. Mm -hmm. Which is difficult because it becomes tiresome. But as long as you've still got vision, as long as you've still got belief. You have to have your vision. I always fucking repeat myself, but anything can be got. Anything can be got. Everything starts off with one thought, one vision. Mm -hmm. It's just down to the person behind that vision, how far they want to take it in life. Right, right. For anybody that's watching, that's maybe wanting to start up a business, what advice would you have for them? YouTube is one of the best places you can go. You can learn a lot for that on YouTube, sorry, for free. YouTube is a big platform, I'd say and do a bit of Google searching. Forget that I offer free advice. I've currently got a free Telegram channel where I push people into the right directions. I explain to you guys more about different ways you can make money online, and that's free. I've even offer a mentoring service, which is free. So anytime you feel like you need to speak to someone, this is literally already in my Telegram channel. I'm not just making it up now. Um, you want to speak to someone, my telegram contact details are in my telegram channel you drop me a message and i always reply to everyone within 24 hours um whether that's you're feeling down you're feeling low you want a bit of advice i'm there um but i'd say youtube's your first place to look there's so many different ways to make money online first you need to understand and know which way you want to pursue to start making money online then don't give up. It ain't going to be easy to start with. I started off, it took me a few weeks to make my first 50 pounds, remember that. But now, a couple of years later, look where I am. So make sure you never give up and keep your eye on that vision and that end goal. And don't do something stupid like quit your job over it. It's a side hustle to start. Eventually, hopefully, your side hustle can become your main hustle. It's like me, I didn't walk out of university because I started making money. I stuck it out, finished university, and my side hustle, which was making money online, has now become my main hustle, I'd say. For anybody that's maybe battling depression, suicidal thoughts in their teens or any age, like, again, what advice would you have for them? Speak to your GP. 100% speak to your GP. They're there to help you and provide that support to you. Me, myself, the biggest charity that I say I advocate for is Mental Health UK. Um, last month, actually, or this month it was, I gave my courses for free. Not something I'm going to do again, so don't just tune in to try and get it happening. But I gave my courses for free to every single person that sent me a screenshot of them donating at least £5 plus to Mental Health UK and raised hundreds, if not more than that. Because I had a link, a GoFundMe link, but lots of people didn't go directly through the GoFundMe link. They just went directly to Mental Health UK and donated on their website. But I think we hit thousands in donations just by doing that. So definitely just make sure you're looking after your mental health because it's one of the biggest things. The clients who you took to that company and lost their money, maybe they're watching just now, never heard mm -hmm. you speak about this. Like, what would you say to them? I'm not to blame. I didn't benefit from your money getting lost. We all obviously looked at Infinox and thought, wow, we all thought they were FCA regulated, etc. But I'm not the one to blame because I saw exactly what you guys saw and that's what these guys need to understand. 
brother, for coming on today and telling your story. I thoroughly Thank enjoyed you, that. I wish you all the best for the future. Hopefully, you get that private jet here. Just don't bro. forget about me. Bro. I won't do, bro. <laughs> Would you like to finish up on anything before we go? Uh, no, I think we're good, man. Social media platforms, how can people get oh, in contact? Oh, yeah. Um, so, my Instagram is mr.gervs. That's G U R V Z. So, mr.gervs. My TikTok's the same, and I believe my Snapchat is now the same as well. So, yeah, give them a follow and reach out if you need any help with anything. God bless you, brother, and all the best that for the future. Sports Social Podcast Network.